Welcome to the exam room. This is Dr. Neil Barnard. You know, there are healthy foods, but there are also superfoods. And today is an exciting program. Registered dietitian Lee Crosby from the Physicians Committee is going to talk about what those superfoods are, which ones you want to pick up at the store and build into your routine, and what they're going to do for you. You won't want to miss it. And she will be talking with weight loss champion Chuck Carroll all about how to put it to work in your life. Take it away, Chuck. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Give the show a follow on Twitter at PCRM. Talk to a lot of athletes on the show. You know, we've talked to NASCAR driver Landon Castle. We've spoken with David Carter, the former NFL player. Spoken with uh, Olympic uh, silver medalist, gold medalist, uh, bronze medalist. I mean, she, she just ran the gamut. Uh, Megan Duhamel, the Canadian figure skater. But now we have another Olympian on the show a silver medalist and man can she paddle fast Dotsie Bausch welcome to the show how are you thank you so much I'm doing great I'm doing great I'm excited to be here well thank you for taking the time I know you're really busy with the switch for good campaign and you you have a ton of fun on your Instagram as well give her a follow at vegan Olympian I think that you'll like what you have to post there um your Instagram you enjoy that quite a bit right a lot of people enjoy the social media these days it seems like it, they do. I mean, I'm definitely not a millennial. Um, I'm Gen <laughs> X. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, 45. I just turned 45 a week ago. So uh, I, I'm not, a, I don't love social media. That's for sure. I mean, it used to be, feel more like a, like a job than uh, just enjoyment. But I've, I've kind of um, settled into um, Instagram and, and I just, I, I just, I, I like the inspiration on it. I love the beautiful pictures and it doesn't seem to seem to be such a rant like Facebook can be. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem to be as much yelling. Twitter just seems like a yelling platform to me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to kind of uh, uh, get a little bit millennial-ish and uh, I'm enjoying Instagram a lot. I, I agree with you. There is far more positivity uh, on the gram than there is on Facebook. I mean, Facebook, I, this is mm -hmm. really off topic for the podcast, but whatever. You know, it's, it's just toxic right now. It can really be toxic and so I, I avoid that. Yeah. I try to stay happy. Uh, Twitter, I use that primarily for news. But if I want to smile, always hop on the gram because there is just so many positive <laughs> quotes on there. You see people out there enjoying life like it, it's just a happy place. Yeah, agreed. And you're very hip calling it the gram. I mean, I'm not even there yet, so I'll have to learn from you. <laughs> so I seem a little more hip. I'm on oh. that I'm that that Gen X millennial border right there. I, I you know, it depends on who you ask which uh which generation I fall into. So, um uh, but honestly, I borrowed that one from my wife. So, uh but anyway, as this is a plant-based podcast by the Physicians Committee, I wanted to talk to you about that because you are uh, very famous for your plant-based diet. So let's start with the lay question. How long have you been a vegan, Dotsie? Um, about uh, eight years, almost eight and a half at this point. Um, it was about two and a half years before um, the my competition in Olympic Games, which I went through to the 2012 London Olympic Games. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I can't wait to hit ten years. I wish it had been my whole life. It's my only regret. Done a lot of <laughs> crazy things in my life that maybe people think I should regret. Regret, but I don't because they're all learning. But um, I, I greatly regret that um, 
I ate animals for 36 years of my life. Well, maybe for your 10th anniversary, you can have a vegan pizza party to celebrate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I will. So what what uh, what brought you to this decision, you know? So 36 years and, and then you make the adjustment. How'd you get here? Yeah, I, um, you know, I just, uh, I was exposed to um, the horror and the terror, the cruelty um, that goes on uh, behind closed doors that, you know, most of us listening to this podcast probably very aware of. Um, and uh, it was, I was actually at a race in Minnesota and I was up in the middle of the night and it was, it was, um, it was weird because it was on TV. It wasn't on, it wasn't on the internet. It wasn't an undercover investigation. It was like an open camera. Uh, and it, you could tell that it was in um, another country because of the language. Um, but you could, it just, you could just also see that it wasn't in the U S and it was so shocking and, 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 and terrifying, but I, I felt this, um, you know, this immediate need to never put another animal in my mouth again. But I also thought what I saw was probably an isolated incident and mm. that it didn't go on in, in our country because I just assumed as so many people do as they should be allowed to assume that our uh, government um, you know, serves and protects their people. And of course that would include our food sources. Right. So I, I literally stopped eating animals the very next morning, but I came home from the race, which was, you know, four or five days later, dove into uh, an incredible amount uh, of research, which literally lasted hours and hours and hours for over many weeks. Of course, found out this is not an isolated incident. This is par for the course across the board. Mm. Um, so continued, uh, with not eating animals. And then shortly thereafter, it took some months to understand what happens um, in the dairy industry, which now has become um, my greatest passion to take down because it's, um, I think it's really at the bottom rung of the cruelty spectrum, which, you know, again, so many people don't realize. Uh, but it, so it took a little bit longer to um, take out all the dairy as I learned more and more. Yeah. And, and from a nutritional standpoint on dairy, I mean, that <laughs> talking to Dr. Barnard, I mean, he kind of, he will tell you that that is about the worst possible thing that you can put into your body, specifically cheese. I remember interviewing him for this very podcast and talking about his book, The Cheese Trap, and he actually calls it dairy crack. And he walked me through scientifically why cheese is so addicting. And it just, it just clicked on me. And I was like, oh my God, you know, he's absolutely right. There's mm -hmm. cheese in everything. And they want you to eat the cheese, but here's why. And he explained it's something called a quesomorphine. And morphine just morphine, sure. exactly. It you know, it's just like he yeah. he described it as a mild opiate. It's like a drug. It it, it absolutely yes. is. Yeah, I don't know how mild it is because people are completely addicted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always the conversation, right? When you talk about dairy, people are like, "Oh my gosh," but I can't give up my cheese, you know. And right. it's 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 hundred percent. I think the toughest thing, but there's lots of um, you, know, you know, replacements, if you need them, to, as you, you know, start to go on your plant-based journey, there's, there's a, you know, a lot of wonderful uh, dairy and cheese replacements, especially these days, right, that we didn't have 10 years ago. So, Absolutely. You know, um, I'm I want, just put in front of people. 
I want to get personal with you uh, for a second. And I know that in studying for this interview, read that you battled a severe um, eating disorder. You were you were just kind of in a bad way. Um, and I was on the opposite side of, of that spectrum. While you were anorexic and I believe bulimic as well, I was a full-blown food addict. And at my heaviest, I got up to 420 pounds. And again, I'm 5'5 on a good day. So that was a 66-inch waist in a size 6XL shirt. And I'm telling you, I couldn't mm. walk across the street without losing my breath. And I remember like the addiction, it was so strong. I felt like I had this demon that had a hold on me and like, I just couldn't control it. You know, I couldn't tame this beast. And I remember Dotsie like sneaking out in the middle of the night to go to a 24 hour Taco Bell and then hiding the wrappers because I didn't want anybody to know that I was failing on this quote unquote diet but then i had almost this wow. mental awakening after going plant-based and it was like the chains that were around me from this demon they broke free and i felt like everything started to fall into place for me emotional so i know that we were on opposite sides of the spectrum but i wanted to ask you about some of your darkest nights and then how did the plant-based diet then change you emotionally? Did you also have that same kind of uh, like experience, that enlightenment, that, oh, wow, I feel so much better now? Yeah, but for me, so I, I, I had been um, completely well and healed from my eating disorder for a good 10 years before I went plant-based. So, yes, when I went plant-based, it was a, a complete an utter emotional awakening for sure. Uh, you know, e everything now surrounding food is, um, it's a joy and a celebration. Every single time I sit down to eat, you know, knowing that I'm choosing, you know, my conscience over ease, you yeah. know, or just a, a, a taste or whatever it might be for different people. But, um, but, be but I, but I had, um, you know, had, had gotten, um, well and healed, uh, way before that, like I said, a good 10 years, I, I was actually um, in route to recovery when I found cycling. Um, um, I was uh, 26 at the time. Uh, and I had been anorexic uh, for six years. Uh, and it turned into to bulimia, you are correct. And I was working uh, with the therapist, my final therapist, you know, I had gone to many inpatient, outpatient groups, all sorts of therapies that, that didn't work because I wasn't ready. But when I was ready, um, uh, which was right after um, an attempted suicide, uh, mm. I worked with this uh, therapist um, who I owe my life to um, for, for two years. And at the end of that therapy process and journey, you know, she said to me, I really, I still want you to be able to um, move your body in a healthy way, healthy way again, because I had um, you know, one of the components of anorexia overexercise disorder. So, um, but she said, I really want you to pick something that you have never really done before, you know, to, to, in any capacity so that you don't have any negative um, connections with it. And I just chose cycling. I was living out in LA. It's, you know, sunny and 73 every day. And I just thought, man, what a freeing um, ride <laughs> right? yeah. to be on, on a bicycle. So she said, okay, I like it and I bought a bicycle and that was my beginning into cycling. So I did, I didn't pick it up until, until 26. So 
um, you know, but I think going back to your original question, uh, kind of the two of us on opposite ends of the spectrum, I think it, that really kind of reveals to people, uh, you know, how um, an eating disorder, whether it's overeating or undereating or throwing up your food, um, really is um, us just acting out on a deep inner pain that yeah. we are dealing with and experiencing. I mean, so many people don't really recognize that like they do with maybe a drug addiction or alcohol addiction because food just seems like, well, it's food. You need it to survive. So just eat something and you'll get better. Like, can you just eat this? I used to get all the time. It's just, you know, you just need some fat, just like eat a cheeseburger or something. That's what I would, you would get from people that were well-meaning and, and caring. Um, so it's really hard for people to understand that an eating disorder is a disease yep, and it's an illness. And, and so that is, um, you know, I, I can, I can feel you from, you know, the extreme where you were and the extreme where I was that we were just both dealing with, you know, with, with deep pain that had to be dealt with. Um, and it sounds like we did. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, got dealt with. <laughs> um, so yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's turn it a little bit more happy here. So you start cycling and eventually get into competitive cycling and you wind up on team USA. Um, and then you're still, you're already cycling at a competitive level, but then you go vegan. So talk to me about kind of the gains that you got, not emotionally, but the gains that you got physically mm -hmm. from changing out your diet. Yeah, it, it was it was so cool because honestly, I wasn't expecting anything. I really didn't know what to expect, quite frankly, right? Because I was doing it for, uh, you know, ethics and to have a, you know, a, just definitely a stronger moral compass in my daily life, which included my food choices. Uh, I didn't know what to expect uh, performance-wise, health-wise, anything. And I was, like I said, just a you know, couple of years out from Olympic Games. So it was a little like the coaches and the physiologists were like, what are you doing? You right. know, this is, this is crazy. This is, not, <laughs> this is not the timing. Can you do this after? Yeah. It's you like, rebel. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be <laughs> right. It was, it was really, it was, it was confusing for them. Uh, many, um, you know, coaches and trainers and physiologists are, are, you know, they're, they're moving quickly uh, forward in that realm because so many athletes are coming to them going, you know, I want to be vegan. So, but back then, you know, not so much. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I honestly really didn't even know if I was going to be able to compete, you know, but I said, you know, nope, this is more important to me that, than an Olympic game. So we'll, we'll, I'll just, I'm just going to do a ton of research and do the best I can. And um, I had read the China study. Uh, and so I had a pretty good idea that I wasn't going to die from right. eating this way, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to pr perform at a premium level, but it was just, so what really struck me was how quickly um, my recovery started to speed up. So at this point, um, I mean, I, I stood on the Olympic podium about five months before my 40th birthday. So at this point, I'm, you know, 36, 36 and a half. Uh, and so I'm 10 years older than my teammates. I'm, I'm, I'm 10, 20 years older than the competitors that were getting ready to go compete against in London. Um, the gold medalists in Great Britain were 19, 20, and 21, that, that team. So it was, talk about a, a race 
for recovery. For me, that was it, right? So that I could repair and recover overnight fast enough to be able to take on the load the next day and the trading and the teardown that trading does. And as track cyclists, we train two or three times a day. So it's literally train, eat, train, eat, nap, train, eat, sleep, and repeat. I mean, it's, it's pretty monotonous. Um, but I started repairing and recovering at just this rate that blew me away, uh, which was huge because I could handle more load. Uh, I, could, I could handle more out on the track. I could handle more in the weight room, um, which made us a, a better team. Great interview there with Dotsie Bosch. We're going to play part two next week right here on the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I, of course, am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, on Twitter at Chuck Carroll, WLC, two R's, two L's, and Carroll and the WLC standing for weight loss champion. Today's topic, superfoods. You know, there are foods and there are superfoods. I mean, why just stop at food? Go super, go hard or go home, but go to the grocery store and get yourself a superfood. So what is a superfood? What is it that you should have in your shopping cart? What should you be putting on your list? Well, there is a woman sitting across from me who can give you a much better answer than I possibly ever, you know, you know, you could. She's humble. Uh, registered dietitian upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. Hello, Lee Crosby. Hello, Chuck Carroll. Now, initially, when I was sitting at home on the couch and I was trying to think of what do I want to talk about this week on the podcast, I sent you an email. I said, hey, Lee, what do you think about doing a superfood podcast? And you wrote back in all caps. You said, that mm -hmm. is just an amazing idea, Mr. Carroll. And I knew you were serious when you referred to <laughs> right. me as Mr. Mr. Carroll, right. absolutely. Right. Definitely with the all caps, though. Right. For right. sure. Mm -hmm. and, and you signed off. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's how I always sign off my all, emails. All caps, 10 exclamation points. <laughs> yep. Just shy of an emoji. But, right. Uh, you know, when no you, emoji. No, yeah, I'm off my game. Okay. I, I know. I know. I almost feel like you should pull out your phone and text me something now. <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, I knew just based off of your enthusiasm that you would definitely be the right person to come on the show and talk about this. So um, let's start with the lay question. You know, compared to a regular food, what is a Superfood. A superfood is something you can charge four times as much for, at least. Yeah. At least. Okay. Upsell. Ah, Upsell. I'll, I'll be here all day. No. So <laughs> it actually is something that has, well, first I should say that I consider all whole plant foods to be superfoods, but a real super superfood is something that has either specific health benefits or very high nutrient density. So one of those two things, those are my sort of key definitions for what falls into the superfood category. Nutrient density, that's kind of a buzzword that a lot of people hear. You know, oh, this food, I'm going to eat it because it's nutrient dense. Right. Obviously, a French fry is not nutrient dense. They know that, but <laughs> they probably, a lot of people listening, um, just don't quite know what nutrient density is. So quickly, it is. Okay, so nutrient density is basically your nutritional bang for your buck. So something that is, and here we're really looking at micronutrient density. People say nutrient dense, they mean micronutrient density. And those micronutrients are things like vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals. And what those are, are the things your body really needs. Now in America, we tend to eat a lot of calories. So we have lots of weight issues, but actually in some ways we're a little bit malnourished because we're not getting all the vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals 
that we need. So when you pick a high nutrient density food, what you're doing is picking a food that has a lot of micronutrients and not very many calories. Mm -hmm. So topping out the chart on that would be something like dark leafy greens loaded up with magnesium and potassium and vitamin K and calcium, all this great stuff, very few calories. Middle probably would be sort of whole grains. On the other end, you get into the you know really refined stuff, into the oils, into the butter, where it's almost pure calories, no fiber, very few, if any, kinds of other micronutrients. So, you know, you want to be going for things that have that high micronutrient density. I've always wondered this: which is uh, which is more dense, kale or spinach? Those seem to be the go-to leafy Ooh, greens. I mean, that's like comparing the best with the second best, and I'm not sure who's on top with that one. Oh, so really? I'm gonna say a tie. I mean, I'm a kale guy. I, I mean, kale's great. Don't I get me wrong. Yeah, I, I'm, I love I'm, kale. Yeah. I mean, it's like a little. It's been so trendy for so long. I feel like there's time for someone to come up behind kale. But I'm. We're just gonna. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna see a Swiss shard <laughs> uprising. We are. I was thinking collard greens, but Swiss chard also. Yes. <laughs> um, we talked about oils, and we mentioned French fries and. <laughs> Book down. Put that there. Uh, anyway, so you'll see that on the video. Uh, but anyway, so here's the deal. We live in a country where there is just tons of processed food. It's all about convenience. There's a reason why the middle of the grocery store is just filled with boxes and bags yeah. and stuff that's just, you know, grab and go. Um, my question, though, can those processed foods still qualify as superfoods or has the majority of stuff already been stripped out? So that's sort of a gray question in that it depends on the processing. So if you're saying processing, well, first I should say the more something looks like the food as it grew out of the ground, the better off you are. So processing that's freezing can actually, for instance, help retain nutrient value because our fresh produce comes from far away. So fresh produce is great. Please go eat as much fresh produce as you possibly can. Sure. But if you're not able to afford it, it's out of season, something like that, freezing actually can lock in those nutrients because they freeze them right after harvest. So that's one of the few instances where processing can actually give you a higher nutrient density food. But typically, you know, with each step in processing, you're losing nutrients. So every step along the way, your food gets sadder and slightly less super. So you take like, I know, very sad. So if you have like a whole wheat kernel, a wheat berry, that's a pretty, that's pretty solid. It's got got fiber with the bran. It's got all kinds of micronutrients. Well, you take it one step and you grind it into like a whole wheat flour. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's still good. You're still getting all those micronutrients, but now it's going to absorb a lot more quickly. So it's going to spike your blood sugar up just a little bit more than it would have otherwise. So processing step, eh, it's still a good food, but it's not super. By the time you've stripped away all the fiber and the wheat germ and everything and gotten like a white flour, you know, it's really – it's not a superfood anymore. Well, let me throw you a curveball. So what about like a breakfast cereal like Cheerios or Total, which they claim to have 100 percent of everything you need? And they do. That is a curveball. Some of those are not – well, first off, the vitamins and minerals in a supplement are not as good for you as the ones you're going to get in Whole Foods the vast majority of the time. Not always, but the majority of the time. So it's not like you can just eat a serving of Total and be like, great, I'm done. Now I can go eat whatever I want. Right. Because first, it doesn't cover everything. Like it, the phytonutrients, the anthocyanins and blackberries, I, I promise you, unless they've added those in like the last 24 hours, it's <laughs> not going to have those. So you're going to miss some things that way. It's just it's not the same thing as eating this broad, beautiful, plant-based, colorful diet. Right. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure that's just going to break a lot of hearts. You Sorry, know, I, I grew up I thinking know. like Cheerios were the healthiest thing, and then Total, of course. That's I mean, the name Total. Like, there, are, there are worse things for sure. I'm not saying like, oh, Cheerios are the worst. It's just, are there better things? Yeah. Is it a superfood? I wouldn't say it's a superfood. No. So Cheerios greater than Captain Crunch? Yes. <laughs> Oh, come on. It's All right. too easy. So I'm assuming that uh, neither the captain or uh, the little Cheerio is going to make it into your shopping cart. No, so, not, um, not at the moment. What What are your must-haves when you're going shopping? Talk to me about your superfood musts. Okay. I've actually got 12 superfoods. Are you ready for like to go through the it list? Oh, I love superfoods. I, I okay. love a good list. This <laughs> makes right. it easy because you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a blog now up on pcrm.org slash podcast, plug, plug, the 12 hey. must-have superfoods for your shopping cart. Love that. By Lee right. Crosby. Why, thank you. Mm-hmm. So most of these are ones I already buy and eat on a regular basis. But the very first one is one I actually went and looked up because I was curious. Like, what was the highest nutrient density produce item you could get. And it turns out anyone who is into, you know, doing their afternoon tea or whatever, watercress. What? Watercress. Yeah. So actually, again, I looked this up. This vegetable tops the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's list of, and I quote, powerhouse fruits and vegetables. So it has a nutrient density score of 100 out of 100, which means, and it's the only vegetable to get that score. And what that means is that it provides 100% of all 17 of the nutrients that they measured in 100 calories. So that's pretty amazing for one humble little vegetable. Let me tell you something. If that was a final Jeopardy question, like (laughs) nobody would be getting that answer. No, they really wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't even get that answer. And this is what I do for work and for fun. Watercrud. Like, I mean, I would have said, like, (laughs) even if it's not kale or spinach, I would have immediately gravitated toward a leafy green. Right. And it is. I mean, it's green. It's leafy. It's just not one of those, like, you know, sort of the big solid leafy green. Right. It's more of a delicate delicate leafy green well, the watercress flying <laughs> under the uh, watercress uh, it's flying yeah. under the radar there uh what else so that's one we got so, 11 yep. more yep so that's the one i'm going to start adding to my own cart and i suggest you do the same we're going down the aisles there you go all right so next up is beans so beans beans they really are good for your heart they are also good for your colon but we've already talked about that in the prior <laughs> podcast. Okay, so why are they great? Okay, they have soluble fiber for lowering cholesterol and they also have insoluble fiber for making your daily constitutional, daily and more pleasant. The scrubbers. The scrubbers. (laughs) The scrubbers. Um, And they actually help control your blood sugar, not only the day you eat them, but the day after you eat them. No kidding. And that's through the interactions with the gut flora that you have living down yonder. Mm -hmm. So by feeding those guys what they want, it actually helps. That's the theory anyway. It helps to control your blood sugar the next day. Plus, they're like six cents a serving if you cook them from dry. So that's the ultimate superfood. It's also super cheap. Oh, yeah. You can buy those in bulk and like oh, yeah. pay a dollar for 10 pounds or something like that. Yep. And that's probably a good reason what you were just talking about, why uh, Dr. Barnard right? has so many bean recipes yeah. in his uh, new Reversing Diabetes Cookbook. There's a reason. Yeah. Controls blood sugar. <laughs> yep. I, I didn't know that. Yep. Um, yep. And I've been here for like a year. Uh, all right. Two down. Ten to go. All right. What's broccoli next? sprouts. This is one I actually have gotten more into recently. Broccoli so, sprouts. Broccoli sprouts. So broccoli's great. Don't get me wrong. Like if you want to have broccoli, please go have broccoli. But if you want to step it up just another notch, if you want to really like super, super food, broccoli sprouts. Okay. So 
Broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable. You know what those are? The, it's, it's a cruciferous vegetable. That's right. It's crunchy. Correct. Like, uh, <laughs> cauliflower is cruciferous. Yeah, yeah. So cabbage family, cauliflower, yeah. broccoli, kale, your favorite, all that kind of stuff are in the cruciferous cabbage family of vegetables. So they all are linked to lower risk of certain cancers. But I want to make sure I get this right. Broccoli sprouts are especially good for reducing breast cancer risk as well as the risk of mouth, esophagus, and colorectal cancer. Ooh. Yeah. So this is due to a molecule called sulforaphane, which I always want to pronounce wrong, sulforaphane. And what that does is actually suppresses the growth of these cancer cells. And um, science actually is starting to suggest that it has lots of other health benefits too, but that's all kind of new and upcoming. We know about the cancer reduction piece here. And the cool part is that broccoli sprouts have 10 to 100 times as much sulforaphane as mature broccoli does. So you just throw some broccoli sprouts in your wrap and you're really just, you know, punching cancer in the face. I don't know. Sulforaphane. Yes. Oh, what, what, what I is? know. It's impossible to say. Sulforaphane. I literally had to go on to Merriam-Webster this morning because I had been pronouncing it wrong for the last year. Sulfur? So embarrassing. Yeah, well, that, that sounds like a <laughs> hip-hop artist. You, you mentioned rap, and I'm like, all right, all right. I, know, I, can, right? I can see that. Yep. Uh, all right. So we've got the rapper there. And then uh, what's oh, – oh, I see your list here. i got a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. And next in the card Next is, is blueberries for brain health. Yeah. Now, I have blueberries every single morning because I need all the brain power that I can get. You know, we all need a little extra boost. So, and this was cool. There was a study showing that concentrated blueberry juice actually improved brain function in older adults. And specifically, yeah, it helped people with their working memory. Now, why is that? Lots of theories around that. Again, these great anthocyanin, you know, anti-inflammatory kinds of chemicals in there. As to exactly why, that's a great question. But again, Blueberries for brain health. When you walk down that produce aisle, just grab you a little container. Interesting. And it's specifically concentrated blueberry juice. Well, yeah, because you're more likely to see a greater effect if you have something that's concentrated. Hmm. But that is a processing step. So when you do that, you're going to lose some of the fiber and other good stuff. So my answer is eat the whole blueberry. If you want to blend it into a smoothie or something, great. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What is... Oh, I see. We're, we're going mm-hmm. back to the green section here. Oh, we're going back to the green section. Bring me back. We're just hanging out. In the, you'll notice that a lot of these are in the produce section. That's not really an accident. You really can't go wrong in the produce section. You know what the funny just thing saying. is? Is like in my mind, I'm actually like picturing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I go to the grocery store all the time and I'm kind of like Ditto. walking around in the produce section. I know exactly where all of these things Excellent. are. I'm, I'm on like a little mental mental shopping Okay. Trip. I, well, I... I Sorry, apparently my grocery store is not laid out exactly the same as yours, but let's take the cart, go back to that one little, to the green section, back to the greens. All right. So collard greens, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to call these the new kale. They are incredible for, pretty much good for what ails you, but especially good for bone health. Mm -hmm. So if you are trying to, you know, make sure either, you know, for your kids, build healthy, strong bones, or if you're trying to make sure your bones stay nice and healthy long term, if you're looking at, you know, osteopenia or osteoporosis, Making sure you have a dark leafy green, in particular collard greens, amazing. And before we move on, I just want to say this because I looked this up again. You know me and the facts. That's I can't it. help it. You're the encyclopedia, girl. <laughs> Thank you, Google. No. But one cup of cooked collard greens has the same calcium as a glass of milk. It's twice as absorbable, so your body gets more. So that's incredible because everyone thinks, oh, you need milk for calcium. Not only do you not need it, you can get it better from other sources like collard greens. It has more vitamin K than any green leafy vegetable except for 
kale, mm-hmm. and it has twice the magnesium. All of those are nutrients you need for bone health. So keep this in mind for next December when it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, and Mom's cooking vegan chicken and collard greens. She's she's doing a body good. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. know that song? Love it. All, All right. right. Uh, what's next? Next up, ground flaxseed, something I also eat every single day, and this is your um, it's an incredible source of omega-3 fatty acids. Do you okay. know about those? Uh, I know. You know, they took some courses here. <laughs> All right. Took some courses. So omega-3s, anti-inflammatory. Now most Americans are getting – so there are two essential fatty acids that your body needs, omega-3s and omega-6s. Right. Now Is omega-6 double as good? No, right. it's actually like – well, actually, both of them are good, but you need very little of each. The problem is that most Americans eat a ton of omega-6s. So frying oil, you're talking about the French fries. Right. They are you know, deep fried and omega-6-rich oil. Animal products, lots of omega-6s, but very few omega-3s. Black seeds, on the other hand, are super high in omega-3s, and they're really high in fiber. They may actually help protect against breast cancer, too. So something that I encourage everybody to have. But the key is you have to grind them. So I would personally, I buy them ground up already. Keep them in the fridge or the freezer because those omega-3s are not as shelf-stable as other kinds of fats. So just keep them cold. You throw through. those in a smoothie, is that? Oh, yeah. Throw them in a smoothie. You can sprinkle them on a salad, but make sure you put some other dressing on it. Um, I stir them into oatmeal. All those ways. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you just tipped your hand for the next one. <laughs> Right, oatmeal. So again, you see how this is all fitting together, my train of thought here. So oatmeal, soluble fiber champion. Hands down, super rich in soluble fiber. I mentioned it before. It's something that it's the fiber. You don't absorb it. It gives the oatmeal that sort of like creamy texture. And what it does is it soaks up cholesterol in your digestive tract like a sponge and then whisks it out of the body when you when you go. Big fan of the oatmeal. Yeah, huge I, fan. And I, super cheap too, like eight cents a serving. I know. That's a win. And it's a superfood. It is. You don't have to pay like $10 for a superfood. I really didn't discover oatmeal until I moved up here. You know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Southern Virginia boy. We oh, always had grits. grits. Yeah. I mean, grits are great, too. Don't get me yeah. wrong. They're just, they're, they're no oatmeal. Oh, boy. Oh, Taste-wise, taste-wise. I think I might have just stepped in it there. Moving no, on. No, it's a <laughs> uh, All right. Next up, something you certainly don't want to put in your oatmeal. No. Well, savory oatmeal is a thing. That's trending now. Did you know this? Uh, uh didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I live in a very odd little world here in the in the nutrition realm, but so garlic. It's a another cancer fighter. Not a garlic fan. You've got to be the only No, person. no, no, no. I enjoy me oh. some garlic. Just I cannot picture it in oatmeal. I don't care. You want to call it savory and you're going to slap the savory name on it well, and you're going to charge four times as much for it. No way. I'm garlic not does not belong like in oatmeal. Maple syrup on your garlic oatmeal. That doesn't sound good. No. Agreed. All right, we're on the same page here. But garlic, okay, let's take it out of the oatmeal context. Mm -hmm. Garlic, superfood. Why is it a superfood? Cancer fighter, Mm. right? And here's another fun fact. Some of the sulfur compounds that are in garlic are the ones that they think might be particularly Mm cancer-fighting. And one study found that eating raw garlic twice a week reduces the risk of lung cancer. And why lung cancer, right? Well, it's thought, you know how we get garlic breath? And everyone's like, oh, garlic breath. Your body actually expels some of these sulfur compounds through the lungs, so they're going to travel through those lung cells on their way out. So that garlic breath that everyone's like, oh, stay away from me, it may actually be saving your life 
I'm just saying. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> Maybe that's a little too strong. The date is not quite that strong. But hey, if you need an excuse to eat garlic, there you go. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that other people in the office would <laughs> exactly care so much about that. They might still give you a stick you of You could gum. be indirectly saving their life. Just saying. Secondhand garlic? <laughs> Secondhand garlic. I love it. Uh, <laughs> we have a few more here. Uh, take me down to South America. What's next? Okay, Brazil nut. Yeah. Singular. Just nut. one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Okay. Who who can eat just one nut? Well, this is one where you might want to like, you know, section it into your trail mix for the week or whatever, because a single Brazil nut has a little more than 100% of your daily value of selenium. And that's a nutrient that some of us can fall short in. Plant-based diets, it depends, but it's just, it's something of concern, I think, for most Americans. So a single Brazil nut covers your bases. You don't have to think about it. I sort of take it like, I don't know, an insurance policy. Mm. Every day, one Brazil nut. Hmm. Boom. Done. Well, it's like people with uh, a lot of people take baby aspirin. You take one Brazil I nut. I take a Brazil nut. Yeah. Yeah. And especially important, men actually have slightly higher selenium needs than women. So really important for men's health, too. Dry roasted or in one of those mixed nut packages? However you like them. Okay. Just free country. Get was, what you want. I was talking about that with Dr. Barnard last week. Is, you know, he's His book is all about low fat and very little oil and stuff like right. that. And you know, It got me to thinking. It's like if you go to the grocery store and you look at stuff, there's so many products have added oil for they absolutely do. no reason. Yeah. Since you're only having one, I wouldn't sweat it. But yeah, in a perfect world, you would have either dry roasted or raw. Mm. I do raw. But, mm. you know, those things, personal preference. Those are uh, like... Those are the gourmet nuts and the mixed nuts. They really are. Because it's like you have this whole huge thing, which is like 80% peanuts, (laughs) 10% pecans, and like you're lucky if you get, you know, two or three. Which is probably for the best because you really can if you're eating, you know, multiple handfuls of Brazil nuts, particularly on a repeated basis, you could actually get toxic. So I think that all works out. Well, then. that's what I'm saying. Brazil nut, singular, just one. Just, just one. <laughs> just one. Uh, three left. What, uh, what are we shopping for next? What's All right. in the cart? Next up, well, I actually like to get this and have somebody else make this for me, and that is nori. <clears throat> so nori is actually that tasty wrapper on your veggie sushi. Yeah, I was about to say that's, that's like nori. seaweed, right? Yeah. Well, we like to call them sea vegetables because it has a little better ring to it than seaweed. But potato, yeah, when I was a kid, potato. they were seaweed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the stuff that washes up on the beach. No. It's not. So what it is is like lightly toasted sea. All right. We'll call it seaweed that they have. It's a particular variety that they've grown. And what it has is a trace. It's not really. I don't even know if it's a mineral. It's a trace element. And that is iodine. And that's actually an issue for plant-based diets, yes, but all American diets. Our iodine intake has fallen over the past few decades. So people have switched away from iodized salt. So again, sea salt is very hip right now, but mm. it tends to have very little, if any, iodine. So again, I'm not recommending that you eat salt, but if you cook with salt at home, please use iodized. But also enjoy some veggie sushi a couple times a week. And they even have these little sea snacks now, which are like toasted, yeah. garlicky, oniony. They have a wasabi flavor. Just have those a few times a week. And what's the importance of the iodine? So that's important for thyroid health. So your body uses iodine to make thyroid hormone. It's also important for breast health. So that's one of the you know second largest consumers of iodine in the body. Mm. So it's important for everybody, especially important for women. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So yeah, keep Next your up. energy levels up. Um, cherries, good for gout, great for sleep. So if you've ever talked to anyone who's suffered from gout, it's extraordinarily painful. And there's some good data that tart cherry juice... And I'm not sure if you can buy that particular product at the store, but 
tart cherries you, I know you can buy over in the dried fruit section have been shown to help decrease gout symptoms. And also cherries can help you. Um, there's something, I, don't, I can't remember the name of the compound, but they help your body create melatonin. Mm. Have you heard of melatonin? Oh, I know about some melatonin. Yeah. So melatonin is what your body, what your brain makes when it's time to go to sleep. And mm-hmm. so there's some evidence that eating cherries can help you have more melatonin and, you know, conceivably better sleep. Mm, good news for the listeners. I have seen tart cherry juice in my store. See? Oh, hey, excellent. Yeah. Good to know. I I'm going to look for that next yeah. time. They, of course, they have, you know, like the sweet cherry juice where they've added sugars and things right. like that. But I would imagine the tart cherry juice is just cherry juice. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And throw it in a smoothie or, you know. That's good to know. So Give it a shot. Blueberry juice. Literally. Cherry juice. A shot. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and the last one you and I have talked about in depth before, but it's definitely worth another mention. I say, I will just go quickly. Soy. So again, there are just so many myths surrounding soy. Good for prostate health. Good for breast health. The phytoestrogens in soy actually help decrease the estrogen signal in women. And men also produce their own estrogen. So instead of, you know, it's not a feminizing issue, it actually will sort of dial back that inherent estrogen signal that you have, which tends to be really good for health. Also, great source of protein. It's got some um, heart health benefits to it. So yeah, soy, two thumbs up. So we we have these 12 superfoods, and I imagine we could just be going all day with it. And if there are an abundance of them, I would assume maybe there can be some sort of a superfood diet well, there there is a superfood diet. And as you'll notice, all of these, all of these are whole plant foods. And mm-hmm. so that really is an eating pattern that affords the most protection, not just protection, you know, for long-term chronic illness, but for feeling good right now, mm. for having energy, for being able to, you know, go do what you want and have as much mobility as you can. I mean, these are foods that are great for your body in the short term, improving mood. I mean, dark leafy greens, they help your body they give you folate to help your body make serotonin. That's a feel-good chemical. So these, this whole way of eating, this whole food vegan diet is in itself a superfood diet. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like where your head's at. All right. So here's the score. Uh, we're going to do a quick little reset. We're going to give people an opportunity to get up, stretch their legs, or just wait five seconds while you're on the metro going to work. Um, and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about that diet because I know that you've laid out some things, a menu per se, of nothing but superfoods. It's super. All right. Super. Stick around. This is the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Time out over. You're listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Of course, weight loss champion Chuck Carroll here uh, on Twitter at PCRM and uh, follow the show as well on Facebook and get a whole bunch of other good tips uh, just like the Physicians Committee there as well. Uh, Talking about superfoods today. So now we know uh, what you need to have in your cart and now Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about an easy way to incorporate superfoods into your everyday life. Now, Lee Crosby is still on the show dietitian upstairs barnard medical center she's yep. amazing and a super shopper with superfoods just keep talking um you know we live in a country where it's like everybody's busy everybody's on a time crunch yep. and very few people now feel like they have the time to spend in the kitchen to cook up something nice and healthy and things like that Fair so enough. what you went through and did what i asked you to do is kind of come up with you know a typical weekday meal monday through friday when everybody's just thrown into chaos mm-hmm. but still doable with superfoods right so um I, was this a difficult chore for you to to go through there and be like 
how, how do we fit this not, in? Actually, because so many of these are just they just well, you'll see they just fit right in. It's the only hard thing is just remembering to buy it at the store. Once you got that done, easy. Hmm. Yep. All right. So the hardest part, putting it in your cart. Breakfast. They say it's the most important meal of the day. I it say it's is. the most important just because we're going to talk about it first. Excellent. What uh, What's on your breakfast menu there? All right. Breakfast menu. Cinnamon vanilla oatmeal. What's going to superfood it up? You're going to put some ground flaxseed in it and mm-hmm. you're going to top it with either cherries or blueberries. And actually, I do this myself every morning and I use frozen. And what that does is you get the hot from the oatmeal and you get the cold from the frozen fruit and you just put it right on the frozen. You don't mm-hmm. even have to thaw it. And so you get the sort of like cobbler with nice cream kind of thing going on you know you get the hot coal the sweet it's it tastes it's amazing no so, garlic no garlic <laughs> not for breakfast even i i even i draw the line somewhere but it's really easy you just make oatmeal like you would off the package you know instant yeah. rolled oats whatever you can put the cinnamon in beforehand so that your whole kitchen will smell like a cinnamon bun because yeah. that's amazing oh, right. <laughs> like I, do i even need to explain that mm-hmm. um and then you stir in your flaxseed and you can do your vanilla afterwards a little bit of sweetener you can do like a stevia powdered stevia or a little maple syrup whatever makes you happy um and then you just top it with your frozen fruit yeah, done my, my, and you knocked out one two three superfoods yeah and my wife will love that just because you're balancing the uh, the hot and the cold you're putting the frozen oh, food in so there good. she she does not like piping hot food so if you throw the frozen blueberries in there Bingo. um it's going to cool it down right away and she's going to be good to go yeah and the blueberries you don't even have to stir in because they're so small but the cherries if you stir it in they get to the perfect level of melty and you don't have molten oatmeal right. yeah so we're talking like Five, if you use the instant packet and the frozen stuff, like we're literally talking less than five minutes. Yeah, for oh yeah. Breakfast. No, I eat this every morning, and That's, I don't, I don't, I don't have time in the morning. Right on. Nobody does. Yeah. So yeah, five minutes. If you can fit it in, anybody exactly. can. Exactly. Yeah. I know your schedule. Yeah, you know the pace around here. I've emailed you, know, you at eight hopping. o'clock, and you're still upstairs. <laughs> um, lunch. So lunch. you're at the office now. What's, All right. What's uh, what's on the table? So it needs to be something. I don't know about you, but I need something solid for lunch. Like some mm. people can just do like soup and salad, and I'm like, haha, Where's the rest of my food? Preach, preach. <laughs> so, so I like doing something like veggies in a blanket. So this is you take a whole wheat tortilla. They've got brown rice tortillas. If you got the whole gluten sensitivity thing. All right. What you're gonna do is get some roasted red pepper hummus. You can use regular. That's fine too. But you can make it at home on the weekend if you have nothing else to do. I usually just buy it at the store. Yeah. Um, locally here in the D.C. area, all the the kava line of hummus is actually no added oil or very little added oil. Big fan of the kava. So good. I've actually found that all the way down in Hampton Roads. No way. Yeah. All right. So if you have that in your neck of the woods, then absolutely that's something to get. Just slather that puppy with hummus. And then you're going to put in some vegetables, but you're going to add some of these superfood vegetables. So, yeah, okay, go ahead and put in your grated carrots and your crispy cucumber and whatever. But then you're going to put in some watercress Mm -hmm. or some broccoli sprouts. And I would just go with one. You could do both if you're really adventurous. But both of them are really peppery and spicy. Mm -hmm. So like a horseradish kind of peppery. So you don't need much just a little bit of do you but that's fine because they're superfoods and they're so nutrient dense you really only need a little bit and then you wrap that up and you're done have a piece of fruit salad if you want you know some crackers whatever floats your boat yeah here's a pro tip yeah uh, something that just dawned on me you know you can make this wrap to take to work mm-hmm. while you're eating your oatmeal you can totally do that i'm just see that is saver. the ultimate streamlined mm-hmm. morning routine mm-hmm. i am impressed yeah, right. life hacks right here dude i'm, I'm saying <laughs> man this this podcast is just all encompassing i love it uh and uh, you know uh learn how to roll a burrito then learn how to make a, a delicious wrap there you go yeah. you don't even have to i mean uh, to be fair though you don't even have to roll it burrito style you can just like roll it up 
put some plastic wrap on it. But I like it. it falls out the bottom. That's okay. I, I like you can it, you do know, it burrito style. I, I like I like it clean. For you, Chuck. I, you I don't can like do a it. messy wrap. All right. Well, then you if you if you need to have you know it all tied up with a bow, then you make a burrito. Nah, there you go. Go it, for it. It really doesn't matter as long as you're getting <laughs> your veggies in there. Uh, a lot of people, uh, before they go home, though, you get a little hungry. You need oh, a little, little brain food, a little snacky poo. Right. We... <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Snacky poo. Yeah. So for your snacky poo, you're going to have – you can actually literally have brain food. I cannot keep a straight face. All right. So a nice way to do this is to do – you're killing me – is to do like a, like a sort of a trail mix. But it's a modified trail mix. So again, we're not trying to get too – you know, too heavy, too much, you know, too much added fat because that can kind of slow you down in the mm-hmm. middle of the day. So we're mm-hmm. going to go for like a shredded wheat or a puffed rice or any other kind of like a high fiber, you know, vegan cereal. And then you're going to put in some dried or freeze dried cherries or blueberries. And again, if you need the brain boost, maybe you do the blueberries because the cherries, maybe they make you sleepy. Who knows? Mm. Don't know if they're that strong with the melatonin boost, but maybe you go with the blueberries as I'm looking at this. And then this is a nice place for you to work in your single Brazil nut. Hey, hey there you go. The <laughs> Into one. the trail mix it goes. The, the one. one and only. And then if you don't even have time to make trail mix on the weekend, which fair, you know, there are weekends. I can't do that. There are some really cool snacks that are superfood, and they are actually a little more expensive. But I mentioned those sea snacks, those little seaweed, the roasted See vegetable nori sheets and yeah. they garlic them up or you get again they have sweet onions they have spicy ones if you're into that um those are a real nice thing to just they're very crunchy and they're just really good surprisingly right. so because you wouldn't think seaweed would be that way um and then there are also these broad bean crisps and chickpea roasted chickpeas and you can just buy them in the bag they're oh, crunchy high protein so high fiber yeah really satisfying i, I love the crunchy chickpeas yep. and those are actually getting pretty popular you can even find those in a 7-eleven oh yeah and, and airports and, everywhere yeah and not even the ones that you know have all these wacky spices and added sugars you can get just the plain yeah. with a little bit of sea salt the added sea salt to ones. It. not iodized sorry but <laughs> it's uh, all right you got your little sea snacks you so know it's pretty it's pretty simple there's like three ingredients in there it's pretty yep. good i yep. mean that's an afternoon go-to for me yeah ditto yeah mm-hmm. uh so you go home five o'clock whistle blows that's right dinner time all right so if you're like me you haven't some weeks you're really great about meal planning and everything is all set up and then some weeks you know the weekend happens and it's sunday night and you haven't done any meal plans great so if you want to do like a restaurant or takeout thing call up your local japanese restaurant have them make you some veggie sushi order some edamame along with that make a salad at home Pick that stuff up on your way home, and dinner is literally done. Nice. Before you pretty much have even walked in the door. So that's if you are running late or in a hurry. Now, if you want to actually cook for yourself, I've got some comfort food going here. So, But it's quick. It's quick comfort food. Okay. So it's basically going to take as long as it takes to boil water and cook pasta. So what we're going to look at here is a uh, smoky collard greens, and we can put the recipe on the site pcrm.org slash podcast there we go so we'll have a recipe for these nice smoky collard greens they've got some onion in there it's just really you know it's a i think these are using smoked paprika it might be liquid smoke but you can kind of do whatever you want with these you just chop up some onion some garlic any sort of smoke flavoring put your collards in there a little bit of water lid on and then you just add a little vinegar at the end to give it a little brightness. Yeah, a little uh, kick. let's do a, a little quick uh, pause on that. That's uh, that's a good food substitute because I remember growing up in the South and you couldn't have collard greens that weren't cooked in ham hock. So if you're looking for a way to cook your greens without that, mm-hmm. this sounds like the way to go. 
Yeah, because really the ham hock was in there to add the sort of smoky flavor. Absolutely. And you can get that from smoked paprika or, again, liquid smoke. Yeah. Um, which actually I just found out it literally is the distilled stuff that comes out of smoke. Like that's it. It's not like a crazy weird flavoring. It's natural smoke in a bottle. Somebody so, much smarter than I am figured out <laughs> I how to do that. Yeah, I hear you on that one. Um, then the next thing we're going to do is pair that with some vegetarian baked beans. Okay. Again, because this is a weeknight. Bush just makes some great vegetarian baked beans. You're, a lot of stores will have their own store brand too. You can always make your own. Again, good for you if you want to do that. But on a weeknight, I'm not going to do that. Do they say vegetarian on mm-hmm. the can? They say vegetarian right on the can. Nice. Yep. So, yeah. I, again, I like the bushes, vegetarian baked beans. And then a vegan mac and cheese. That's cheese with a Z. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do – there are a couple of different varieties. Again, we can we can add a link to one that's – it's easy, low fat. But you can do some with a cashew base. You can do some with a pumpkin base, actually, I've seen, which is pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. Um, nutritional yeast to kind of give it that sort of cheese flavor. And you're done. So you got your collard greens, your baked beans, and your mac and cheese. And that takes almost no time to put together. That is soul food at its finest right there. It really is. Are you sure you're not from the South? I kind of am. Well, my family's from Kentucky, both sides. So, yeah, yeah. It's pretty counts. South. Yeah. I, I'm going to count it. Yeah. it no, well, no, that is a Southern <laughs> state that isn't quite in the South. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So. so, and then if you have time, we've got a nice recipe for these super raspberry protein brownies, which have black beans in them, two cans of black beans in a recipe. I believe it's two. Don't quote me on that. So you can get some extra superfood boost from that. Those sound familiar. Would those be the ones that you made for my <laughs> wife last week? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Uh, those things were dense. We were talking they about are. nutrient density. Yeah. I mean, these things were just straight dense. You pick it up, like, seriously, like no, it's a brownie fudgy. that's yeah. about half the size of the palm of my hand. You pick it up, and you you can't even hold it. Like, your hand just <laughs> falls down. I mean, they're cut small for a reason, because usually I'm not about a small brownie, but these... I mean, again, also because they're sweetened with dates, that gives it a lot, like, nice, solid mm-hmm. heft. But also it's a healthier source of sugar. You yeah. get all the minerals and fiber yeah. along with it. So It's like picking up a five-gallon <laughs> jug of water. But it's good. But it's a brownie. Yeah. Lee Crosby, you, you are just a treasure. So all of these uh, recipes, these ideas, we're going to put those up on the uh, website, pcrm.org slash podcast. And, Lee, we definitely look forward to having you back on the show because, as I said at the top, you are just an encyclopedia. <laughs> Thanks, I think. No, it's a good thing. <laughs> it is. It Great is to thing. be here, Chuck. All right. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Dr. Barnard, back to wrap things up. You know, a number of years ago, I learned that different foods really do have dramatically different effects. We were doing a, a study on weight loss. We had a large group of, of participants who came in. They were put on a vegan diet that was also really low in fat. And about the third or fourth week of the study, one of the women came in. She said, Dr. Barnard, I found something that I can eat on your diet. I found a treat that I love that that fits all your requirements. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I wonder what this is. She unzipped her purse. She pulled out a pack of Twizzlers. You know what I'm talking about? The red licorice. Um, And she said, look at the label. And, you know, it's true. There's no animal products in them. There's no added fat. It fit the requirements of the study, but I want to tell you, Twizzlers, red licorice, not exactly health food. Um, I'm happy to tell you that over the 14 weeks of the study, my vegan, low-fat, Twizzler-fueled research participants still lost weight. But when you are planning your diet for maximum health, get away from the junk food. Put healthy foods in your diet. Take advantage of the superfoods that Lee Crosby has told you about. And I hope you'll tune in next time with Chuck Carroll to the Examiner.